So it's, it's surprising to me even still that we are now officially on our last day of 2023. I don't know about you, but this year flew by. It's hard to imagine that this is the last Sunday, the last day of 2023. Another year is in the books. But as I look back on 2023 and reflect on all that the Lord has done, I'm incredibly thankful. I'm thankful this morning to the Lord for my wife and for my children. I'm thankful to the Lord this morning for good health. I'm thankful to the Lord this morning for a place to live. And I'm thankful to the Lord this morning for this church. I've told you many times before, but as I reflect on the last two and a half years and God bringing me here to Grace Bible Church, I'm just incredibly grateful. Um, I'm incredibly grateful to be your pastor. But it's good for God's people, for us, to reflect on God's faithfulness and to express our thanks to him. God is faithful, and as we reflect on his thankfulness, we should express our thanks to him, and that's exactly what we're going to do together this morning. We're going to work through Psalm 100. Today's going to look a little different than what you're used to here at Grace, but that's okay. Um, This is going to be a shorter sermon, and we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning. There on your outline, you can see we're going to Uh, take a a reflection on Psalm 100. It's a short psalm. So we're going to work through the psalm together this morning. And then we're going to take some time to express our thanks and our praises to God for his faithfulness to us in 2023. And then number three on your outline, I'm going to encourage you to consider some prayers for 2024. So we're going to reflect on Psalm 100, we're going to offer up praises to God for 2023, and we're going to consider some prayers for 2024. So grab your Bible and open up to Psalm 100. We're going to start there, Psalm 100, as we reflect on this incredible psalm here, Psalm 100. Let me read this psalm for you, and then we'll break it down. This is a psalm for thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. So this is Psalm 100. Let's take a few moments just to reflect on the words here of this particular psalm. The first thing I want you to notice, again, is in that heading, it says that this psalm is for thanksgiving. This is why it's written. This psalm was written specifically to inspire God's people to express their thanks or to give thanks to the Lord for who he is and for what he's done. Many scholars also believe that this particular psalm was written for those entering in the temple there in Jerusalem. So they would travel to Jerusalem, they would come to the temple, and perhaps they would sing aloud this psalm expressing their thanks and offering their praises to God for who he is and for what he's done. Now, as you take a look at this psalm, the main way to look at it is that there are seven imperatives or seven commands 
that are given to God's people as they gather together for worship there in the temple to sing praises to his name, to thank him for who he is and for what he's done. So let's take a look first at these seven commands or the seven imperatives here in Psalm 100. The first command we see there in verse 1. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Shout joyfully, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. So the first command is to shout. This might seem like an odd place to start. When you think about the people of God gathering together for worship, the first command is to shout. Now, hold that thought. We're actually going to do that together a little bit later. But I want you to notice the qualifier. Shout joyfully to the Lord. So this particular Hebrew word originally meant really a glad shout. You're offering a glad shout to the Lord. And this word was used in other contexts to describe the crying out, the joyful crying out that a subject would have when the king entered into the room. It's an excitement. It's joyfully shouting to the Lord, and the call is for all the earth. So the first command is, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. The second, we see there in verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. The second main command here is that word, serve. This word can be used to describe any kind of work, but most likely here in the context, it's work used there in the temple. It's worship type of work. In this case, it refers to public worship, such as participation on life there in the sanctuary, in the temple, in the worship. But again, notice the qualifier. Serve the Lord, or you could say worship the Lord with gladness. With gladness. Our service to the Lord, our worship to the, to the Lord is to be done with a happy heart. I love what Spurgeon said here. He said, our happy God should be worshipped by a happy people. Our happy God should be worshipped by or served by a happy people. And that's the command we see here. Now the next command we see is actually repeated twice. So it is our third and our fourth command. And it's in this word come in verse 2 or enter in verse 4. It's the same Hebrew word. But notice the end of verse 2 says, come before him with joyful singing. And then verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So the same Hebrew word is used twice, twice as an imperative. It's the word come or enter. And again, keep in mind the context here of coming and entering the temple sanctuary is what's in mind. And as the people of God came there to Jerusalem, as they came to the temple, they were to enter the temple with joyful singing, praising God that they're invited to be there with his people and in God's presence. And they were to enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. And I think the same is true for us. As we reflect on the opportunity we have as the people of God now called the church to come together, to gather together week after week, we come together, we enter uh, this particular church and we do so with joyful singing. We lift up our voices in praise and adoration of who he is. 
And we come together with a heart of thanksgiving and a heart of praise. So this is the third and the fourth command. The fifth we see there back in verse 3. Jump back up to verse 3. The fifth command we see here in these verses. The command is no. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and we are not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So the fifth command we see here is that word no. Here the psalmist invites us to use our mind and to know that our worship of God is to be intelligent. We must know the one whom we are thanking and praising. Knowing God is a prerequisite to worshiping him. But I want you to notice specifically what the psalmist says we are to know about God. Notice this again, verse 3. Know that the Lord himself is God. That's the first thing we are to know, and it sounds pretty simple, right? Know that the Lord is God, but we must understand that there is a God and, and I am not him. We must recognize God as who he is, his supremacy, but then also notice, know that it is he who made us. He's our creator. Also notice, we are not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Here the psalmist invites us to know that there is a God. He's the sovereign one. We're to know that he made us. He's our creator. But then also notice the, the intimacy here. We are his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Let me again quote Charles Spurgeon. I love what, he, love, love what he says here on this verse. Some, live, some men live as if they made themselves. They call themselves self-made men and they adore their supposed creators. But Christians recognize the origin of their being and their well-being. And we take no honor to themselves for our being or for being what they are. That's a great reminder here in this verse that everything we are, everything we have, everything we do ultimately is because of him. He is God, he made us, and we are his. So the psalmist commands us to know this, to understand this. The sixth command we see also there in verse four Give thanks. The sixth command is give thanks to him. Now again, keep in mind the context of this psalm is public worship. As the people of God gather together to worship him, we're called to give thanks to God together, collectively. And we'll do that here in just a bit. The seventh and final command here is that word bless. Notice the end there of verse four, bless his name. It's also translated praise his name. Bless his name or praise his, his name. This again is a public time of praise. And when it says to bless his name or praise his name, this is a way of saying praise God for his character and his acts, for who he is and for what he has done. Bless him or praise him for everything. So as you summarize these four verses, the psalmist invites the people of God as they gather together to shout joyfully, to serve him in worship, 
to come and enter his sanctuary, to know him, to give thanks to him, and to bless his name. And then starting in verse 5, as we conclude the psalm, we give, uh, he gives us three reasons why we should do these things. Three reasons why we're called to obey these commands. Let me read verse 5 for you. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. Three reasons why we as the people of God, as we come together for worship, should express our thanksgiving to him. Number one is the Lord is good. The Lord is good. The word for good here, when it's used in the Bible, it describes people or things that promote, enhance, protect, and preserve life. God is the source of all that makes our life enjoyable and worthwhile. He's the source of our life and everything in it. I love in the book of James, James tells us that every good gift we have comes from the Father of lights. God is good. The second reason we see here in verse 5 is his loving kindness is everlasting. His loving kindness is everlasting. The word for loving kindness you're familiar with, it describes God's covenantal loyal love that he gives to his people. And notice the qualifier here. The psalmist says God's loving kindness, this loyal love is everlasting. He demonstrates his loving kindness to us over and over and over again. We know throughout the Bible that God is many things. He has many attributes. But one thing we know for sure is that God is love. First John chapter 4, God is love. We see this attribute of God's loving kindness from Genesis to Revelation. God is a God who demonstrates his faithful, loyal love to his people. Listen, I want to pause right here and take the opportunity to remind you how God most clearly demonstrates his love towards us. How God most clearly demonstrated his loving kindness towards you and towards me, and that was by sending his son, whose birth we celebrated just last week. But God has most clearly demonstrated his love, his loving kindness towards us, and that he sent Jesus to die for us. And listen here this morning, for those of you in this room or if you're watching online, if, if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus, if you haven't put your faith in him, I want to give you the opportunity, the invitation, even here now to do that. To receive the free gift of God's forgiveness. That as you come to grips with the fact that you're a sin, that you've sinned, you've fallen sh uh, short of God's glory, God in his great love and his loving kindness towards you sent his son. Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected. And he offers to you as a gift the forgiveness of your sins. If you've not put your faith in him, I'd invite you to do just that. But back to Psalm 100, the third reason the psalmist gives us for why we as the people of God should offer our thanksgiving to God is because God is faithful. Notice the end of verse 5. His faithfulness is to all generations. His faithfulness is to all generations. God is faithful. 
and he's faithful to all generations. Again, to quote Spurgeon, I love what he says here. As our fathers found him faithful, so will our sons and their seed forever. Listen, has God been faithful to you? Of course he has. Then he will always be faithful to you. And you don't need to worry that he might stop being faithful to you. God keeps his promises. He fulfills his plans. He never fails. And this is the message of Psalm 100. That our great God is worthy to be praised and we're to thank him because of who he is and what he has done. And so with that psalm in mind, I want to take a few moments to do something a little bit different. I want to take a few moments here, number two on your outline, to reflect on God's faithfulness to us in 2023. And so as we reflect on Psalm 100, really this again is an invitation for the people of God to lift up their praise and their thanksgiving to him for who he is and for what he's done. We're going to do something, look again at verse 1. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. And that's what we're going to do. I'm going to now turn it over to you. And I want to invite you where you are to stand up and to shout joyfully so that everybody can hear. Just use one or two words, a few words, of how God has demonstrated his faithfulness to you in 2023. Here we go. All right. (laughs) I love it. God is faithful. Let's hear some specific examples. How has God been faithful to you in 2023? Yes, sir. Your health. Amen. Provision. Amen. What else? First service did better than this. So you're going to have to step up your game. How has the Lord shown his faithfulness to you, his goodness to you, his love to you in 2023? Yes, sir. His love and forgiveness. His mercies are new every day. The love and support of your husband. Amen. A light, he's a light in the darkness. I love it. Stand up so everybody can hear. How else? For the strength and growth of the growth of the church. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Uh, just the fellowship that I found in my Sunday school class. Okay, amen. The fellowship of a Sunday school class. What a great blessing. Everyday breath, that's right. He gives every man life and breath. Amen. Yes, sir. I think I can speak for all the missionaries of grace for just the provision and the vision to uh, make disciples throughout the whole world. And I think I can say for all the missionaries, we are grateful to God and to Grace. Okay, amen. Yeah, for God's faithfulness through grace to support our missionaries and all the work he's doing all over the world through them. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. How else? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Jobs for your sons. What a, what a great provision of the Lord. His great faithfulness to you. Amen. How else? How about some kids? We have some kids in the service. All right, let's hear. Your school. Praise the Lord for his great school. Amen. For friends. I love it. God is faithful to us in giving us fellowship with friends. Thank you. Thank you. Taskle. Yeah, 
God always answers prayers. He hears our prayers and he's, he's good to answer them. Uh, yes, sir. Our safety. That's right. Yes. Yes, ma'am. For the Atkins family. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's faithful. Even when we lose people, uh, God is faithful. We have promise in life after death. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. What's that? For community. I, th- I figured you were going to say the Dallas Cowboys, but community <laughs> works too. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, shout it. All right. That's right. Yeah, for the power of the gospel. Amen. Amen. A couple more. Yes. Chloe. Friends and family. Friends and family. All right. To play soccer? I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For loving us. Absolutely. For God's love. Claire? He knows everything. That's right. Shelter. Okay, financial support for residency. This is awesome. A friend, a friend among enemies? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, opportunities to serve for the Lord. Miss Higgins. All right. Man, what a great blessing to be able to. I wish I could do a backhand sprint. Um, I would break my neck. So, yeah, God's good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to try it. Um, Fellowship, that's right. Guidance and parenting. Okay, yeah, guidance and parenting. Uh, thank you. Um, let's thank the Lord. Praise the Lord for his faithfulness. <clears throat> um, and as we see here in Psalm 100, because God has been faithful to us, and we ser- heard several testimonies of that, Uh, we can be confident that he will be faithful to us in the days ahead as well. That's one of the things we see here in the psalm, is God is faithful, his loving kindness is everlasting, his faithfulness to all generations. And so as you look at number three on your outline, here's my invitation for you. Because God was faithful to you in 2023, he will be faithful to you in 2024. And I want to encourage you, to think about how will you pray that God will move in your life, in this church, in your community in 2024? God has been incredibly faithful to Grace Bible Church for the last 70 years. We're coming up on our 70th year anniversary in March. And I wanna pray that uh, he'll use us abundantly beyond what we could even ask or imagine this morning for the next 70 years because God is faithful. And in your life, God has been faithful to you. And so I want to encourage you to come up with a list of bold prayer requests that you have for 2024. And that's your one thing for this week. There on the backside of your outline, your one thing for this week is this. And this is my challenge to you. To take some time and create a list of 10 things you are thankful for as you reflect on God's blessings in 2023. God has been faithful to you. So I want to challenge you to write those things down and then use that next to create a list of 10 prayer requests as you move forward into 2024. What are some bold things that you're praying our faithful God will do in you and through you in 2024?
Because God is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. His faithfulness is to all generations. And that includes to you. As his people, we're called to be thankful, to offer our praises to him collectively together. We've all seen evidences of God's faithfulness to us in 2023, and so thank you for sharing some of those here this morning. And let's pray bold prayers as we transition now into 2024. Would you pray with me? Father, we are incredibly grateful this morning as we reflect on your faithfulness to us. God, you bless us beyond what we could ask or imagine. Your good, your loving kindness extends to us, your faithfulness to all generations. We confess with your word that every good gift we have comes from you, the very life and breath we have, the, every blessing we have ultimately is because of your grace and your mercy and your love. Father, thank you for giving us beyond what we could even ask or imagine far beyond, beyond what we deserve. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for the opportunity to shout together aloud our praises to you. Father, I know that for many people, 2023 had its hard times as well. It's difficult days. But thank you, Father, that even in those hard times of life, you're still good, you're still there, you still love us. Thank you that we can continually turn to you and count on you. And Father, now as we close the books on 2023 and as we look ahead to 2024, Father, we know that still you are there, still you are faithful. And Father, we pray that you would use us, you would use this church in ways that we can't even imagine now. Because we know that you're sovereign, we know that you love us, we know that you have great things in store for us. Father, give us the courage to obey you uh, Father, stretch us and use us for your power, for your glory, for your honor. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.